welcome, Kate. To that took a turn. How's it going, Hannah? Good. How are you? Good. It's good, good. to see you in good. this bathroom of ours. Good to see you here. You I was gonna. What? I was wondering if we were gonna just close our our location, our situation. For the sake of the listeners, will you explain to me what we have going on in here? So I'm sitting in our bathroom, which is. Mm, how would you how would you say it? Lavish and large? No, Kate. It's very small. Um, but it's also our podcast studio. It is. We've done our best with the soundproofing and the blankets. I'm or, actually, I mean, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with what we've accomplished here. Me too. There's it's, blankets on every single piece of every wall of bathroom equipment. Yeah, honestly. I mean, we even we even broke our towel hanger for this studio. Exactly. Don't tell our landlord. You know, to be honest, it was broken when we moved in. It will never be fixed. However, we do know how to use power tools. We do. We just haven't bothered. What are we talking about? The end of the world? Yeah, it's coming. It is. The apocalypse is slowly becoming less of a Hollywood film and more of a real situation. Yes. What kind of apocalypse are we thinking Because, like, there's a version of natural disaster apocalypse, alien apocalypse, zombie apocalypse. There's so many. Yet... Purge apocalypse. Like... I I do feel like there are so many, but we're going to be wrong no matter what. And I think what we have deemed uh, the image of the apocalypse is totally not what it's going to be. Like, it's going to be like, the earth is flooding... We have no food. Everything is on fire. I don't think it'll be like the the Hollywood version. I also think it'll be more of a combination of things than mm-hmm. it will be just one. Unless an asteroid crumb crumbs. <laughs> and Crumbles crumbs. on it. Crumbles. I mean if the sun explodes, I feel like that will be pretty instant. Yeah. I would hope. I would hope too. What if we all just the sun explodes, hits us, we become fire breathers and live on as dragon space dragons that would be really great that would be so fun and no one's probably expecting it so yeah. it's more likely to be correct i mean elon musk is trying to do space things and he sent you know mars hannah tell me more about everything you know about I, everything musk. i know i know more about his wife honestly grimes she, i read an entire article about her yeah, i was there when you did that <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, where would you go if the world was ending? Dude, I was thinking about this, and I I think I would definitely like a woods situation. Like For the forest. Sure. The forest situation. I'm so there. Yeah. That's, Am I invited? You're invited. You're invited for sure. Man, we've been into the woods together. Multiple times. Yeah. When you and I were backpacking guides in Montana yeah. at... Christicon Lutheran Bible Camp. Shout out. I was leading a group of, it was around 14 kids on a uh, five-day backpack with another co-counselor. This was a high school group? Yes. Okay. It was actually the the group of high schoolers was from our hometown of Northwood, Minnesota. That's right. And not just our hometown, but like our... Church. Yes, our yeah. church. So it was our like youth group, except younger so I didn't know them super well but a couple of our friends younger siblings or Mm. you know people actually one of the kids who was on the trip was my neighbor whoa which was kind of funny whoa it was me and an amazing co-counselor Kelsey Mm. and we led this backpack so much fun loved every second of it except for (laughs) the seconds where I did get (laughs) six of those children lost in the woods for and in a day around. Like, oh it was God. probably six to eight hours that oh we my God. did not know where we were. And I remember hearing that you had gotten lost because when you came back, but I didn't realize that it was that long. Yeah, it was honestly very scary. Sorry. I'm yep. moving my uh, frozen mangoes <laughs> that are... It's it's the poor man's AC. The poor woman's AC. Mm-hmm. It's herstory. It's herstory. <laughs> But yeah, we were about halfway through the backpack, and Kelsey was going to stay in camp with people who wanted to just hang out in the meadow, chill, and I was going to take a group up to a nearby peak. That It was a peak as in it was a tall point around mm-hmm. the meadow, but it wasn't a peak as in like a Colorado 14er. It wasn't going to be 
difficult. Okay. Um, but there was no trail, so we were bushwhacking our way up. Oh. And that was the first mistake, <laughs> to think that I was competent enough <laughs> to know what was happening. <laughs> so we started out, it was like 8 a.m., headed up. It was pretty easy to begin with because you just follow the uphill. Mm-hmm. We probably were hiking for about an hour before it started thunderstorming, and so we decided to turn around. And so I oriented my compass and was like, all right, kids, this way. <laughs> and uh, we kept hiking, and we kept hiking, and we kept hiking, and slowly kind of realized, huh, it's been way longer than it took to get to that point, and now we're going downhill, so we're going the wrong way. Okay, you were bushwhacking your way up. Were you trying to do, like, a loop, or, a, like, you didn't just, like, turn around and come back down the same way that you bushwhacked up? So we did. However, oh, it was you a very tell. thick forest. Mm. Yeah, so I couldn't... Everything was thick and dense. Like, I would put my foot down, and it went about to my knee of either branches or foliage or I something. See. Like, you could still walk, but yeah, it was... not super clear. Yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't see footprints or right. paths. So... We did go back down and did go relatively straight towards the meadow, Uh but we missed it by just a little bit. So I was trying to play it cool. We're adventuring, guys. We're just having fun. Yeah, because if you freak out, they They freak freak out. out. They didn't exactly freak out. They started vlogging the experience. (laughs) Bad thing after bad thing kept happening. I stepped in a... The closest thing I've ever stepped in to a sinkhole... And the children had to pull me out. (laughs) The spirit was definitely low, and I wasn't really able to keep up the facade very Mm -hmm. long because I had so many... There was blood running down my legs from all the scrapes on the ground, you know? Like, it was just... It was very thorny and stuff, and none of it was injury or truly bad. Like, we were for sure fine. Just They were vlogging, you know? Like, it was still a pretty lighthearted atmosphere, but... We were all a little scared. Personal apocalypse. My own personal apocalypse. I did think I would for sure be fired after this, because who, what backpacking guide can no longer guide? (laughs) It's in the name of the job. For sure. If you can't do the name of the job. You might not be fit for the job. (laughs) However, I was not fired, in case you were wondering. Eventually got to a path, and we're like, oh my gosh, a trail. And so then we got on the trail, and turns out it was the trail that we had come in on the day before. So when we followed it far enough, we were back in the meadow. Turns out we were walking alongside the meadow. Oh. And couldn't, it was such thick tree coverage that we couldn't see the meadow. I believe it was about 6 p.m. when we got back. I definitely did more work with compasses after that, Mm. which was needed for sure. <laughs> I learned from the experience and that's how all fair in the apocalypse. But Hannah, I want to know about your thoughts on the apocalypse. Yeah. What did you think about for this week? Yeah. Going off of what you just said about how you would fare in the apocalypse, I was thinking more so wondering mm. who would you be if you if you had a group, like a little crew for the apocalypse. Who would you be? Who would I be? Like, what what skills would we bring mm, to the table? Absolutely. Um, for you, you would be, like, the queen of team morale. Because you know how to... Because in Christicon, you would sing the, some song so annoyingly <gasps> to, to get, get everybody up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was so effective. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, like, team morale is within your grasp. That's really crazy because... My family was talking about this last week. I went home and we had talked about the same thing. What would you be best at in the apocalypse? Um, and they said I would be the cheerleader. <gasps> yes. But in thinking about what role we would both play, what role I would play, what I have prepared for today is my apocalypse resume. <gasps> I love that. Yeah. This is my full pitch to anybody and everybody out there, for me to join your apocalypse crew, and this, these are all my assets with full transparency. I just think that's the best kind of doomsday prep there is. Mm-hmm. Your apocalyptic resume. Okay, I'm just going to get into it. 
This is my, what do you call it, uh, at the beginning? Your little bio. Young woman with over 24 years of lizard brain development, looking to survive and make friends as the human race is decimated. Ah, that's honestly, is this a resume or a Tinder profile? (laughs) One and the same? One and the same. I guess you do need to procreate for survival Mm -hmm, in the apocalypse. mm -hmm. Her origin, southern Minnesota. Can handle, although disdains sub-zero temperatures, is akin to gentle Canadians of the North. Will maintain manners until you start being disrespectful. Then she will nix the manners. And nanners were mixed. Nanners or manners were nixed. Whichever <laughs> comes first. I would walk with you in a dark alley because I know you'd beat up anyone coming at me. Yeah, with my noodle arms. Ooh, ooh. I mean, you do have noodle arms, but. <laughs> At the same time, your words are intimidating. It's a complex... She's a complex being. She's a complex gal. Okay, so she has 10 years athletic swimming experience. Just in case the earth floods, because sea levels are rising. That's a very good point. Oh, do you own a snorkel? No. Well, that's... You might want to lie about that on your resume. I can access a snorkel before the earth floods. The only issue, while... I have 10 years of athletic swimming experience. I have mild, I had to look this up, uh, thassalophobia. What? Which is the fear of deep water. Wait, actually? Actually. I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't, like, I can't stand swimming in oceans. Like, lakes are sketchy to me. I ju- it's the fear of not knowing what's underneath me and that something that might sense. be, you know, like, yeah. going to come up and... Um, I was always afraid of fish, but not the depth. Because mm. I figured if I can't see them, then they're not there. But that's, <laughs> that's not true. That's wrong. Yeah. In fact, you were the first person to ever introduce me to immersion therapy <laughs> uh, with fish. I do remember this. Yeah. you. Uh, we took a, I think it was a kayak out on the pond behind your house when we were, I want to say fourth, fifth grade. Yeah. When my fish fear was really detrimental to cabin life in Minnesota. And you caught a fish and made me touch it in... Uh, I remember trying to get you to kiss it. Like... Yes. You know, that was and big... That was, a, that was a, a boundary for you, I think. But that was like, if you can kiss this fish... Yeah. You have conquered your fear. And I just really didn't see the connection to that. Yeah. I just... <laughs> I did. <laughs> I know you is, did. This was the only way. I believed you too. I was like, I, I left that day believing I had failed. Oh. Because but, I did not kiss said fish. No, and, you, you know, I was still afraid after. No, I thought I was I was angling for the kiss of fish. But honestly, the fact that you touched it and were like cool with touching the fish, that was a success in my mind. I was like, okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, it was for sure a success. Yeah. But was I cool about it? Absolutely mm. not. Mm-hmm. No way in hell I was cool about that. Okay. So, despite zero self-defense experience, can <laughs> channel... Despite zero self-defense <laughs> experience. Wow, you are really selling it. Elon Musk is going to email you, I bet. I don't want to be in the apocalypse with Elon Musk. Okay, so he's I want, not on your team. No, I want to be in the apocalypse with other dope people. Can you give me one example of someone you want to be in the apocalypse? Emma Stone. Okay, and tell me more about why you think she is the best apocalyptic partner. Because she was an awesome apocalyptic partner in Zombieland, and that's the only thing that I'm going off of. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. I thought it was just kind of a you pulled it out of your ass thing. No. And you're like, yeah, I love her as an actor. I'm like, that's not gonna help you. No. She's cool and badass probably as a person. For sure. But also her role in Zombieland is like what I aspire to be in my apocalyptic scenario. I respect that. I take back my judgment Thank on you. your choice of apocalyptic Thank partners. you. So despite zero self-defense experience, can channel the rage of 1,000 disenfranchised women, which is an <gasps> asset in hand-to-hand combat. So I don't have the skills, but I have the rage. Has thrown a knife. Was it a butter knife? Period. No. Uh, Tell us more about uh, this knife going. Uh, The best description that I can describe of this knife that you threw (laughs) is that it's a wilderness knife. I don't. It was my cousin's. Um, We were we were pretty young. We were camping, and he was throwing a knife at a tree, and I thought it was so cool. So I asked him to teach me, and I did it. It stuck. I like I threw it at a tree, and it stuck. 
like straight out and I was like holy shit I can throw a knife can throw a knife can throw a knife has successfully done it but with mediocrity of course we're all beginners you're an extremely humble apocalyptic (sighs) I am I gotta keep it real said applicant would prefer a bow and arrow that would be my weapon of choice and the only experience that I have is elementary school summer camp with archery one summer uh you were Katniss Everdeen Katniss Everdeen um this is a real one can successfully clean and fry a fish that's something that I'm proud of you should be that's impressive that's something that my family taught me um growing up my family went to Canada every summer and did like a whole cabin fishing experience and so I was taught how to catch fish clean fish fry fish the whole shebang. Was it like the woods you guys would go to? No, Rainy Lake. Rain- oh, that's right. Yeah. Rainy Lake. In Ontario, Canada. Yes. Mm-hmm. You could tell that it lit your soul on fire. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was because you were with people you loved as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, contrary to your story, mm-hmm. can read a map. Oh, <laughs> man, a skill I a wish skill. I had. No, a skill <laughs> that you developed. Yeah, I guess I haven't tested it with such high stakes since. Yeah. yeah. So I should. Well, and the thing is, I say I can read a map and a compass without ever having been in that experience of being lost mm. with a group of high schoolers under my wing. Like I have never I have not been under that pressure. Another skill that I do have and am proud of is will drive stick shift. Like a mad woman running late for work. And I have daily practice in this because I drive a stick shift and I am always late for work. So if you need need a crazy stick shift race car getaway driver from the zombie apocalypse, I got you. You're you're our girl. I'm going to be insane about it. I respect the hell out of the fact that you bought a stick shift having never driven a stick shift Mm -hmm. shout out to car dealer brian brian uh is that what car salesman Mm -hmm. brian who taught you how to drive said stick shift in 30 minutes as the sun was going down while i was an hour away from denver wow yeah um another asset uh which we've kind of mentioned the uh, working under pressure Mm. and this is where my one of my like defining moment stories comes in I mean I have to say I've already hired you in my mind thank you so I just need the general public to know what they're signing up for absolutely because with with the assets you also get some drawbacks yeah you know under pressure scenarios I will attempt to be useful though expect expect the foibles um such uh, low expectations you've set for yourself. It, <laughs> Under pressure, I will attempt to be useful, <laughs> but expect the foibles. Okay. So basically, I'm going to mess everything up, but I'll try my best. But I will try my best. I. So the reason why I had to word it like that is because I was thinking back to a time when I was younger and in Rainy Lake in Canada mm-hmm. at, at one of these summer trips. And my dad, cousin, my younger cousin and I were fishing and my dad caught a, a relatively smaller northern, um, and he reached his hand... Which is a type of fish that typically swims in lakes, for those of you who weren't born in Minnesota. Yes. Go on. Um, he reaches his hand down into the fishnet to grab part of the northern because my older cousin had told him that there was, like, a sweet spot that you could grab, that oh. you didn't have to, like, hoist them up in the net, that you could just grab them and they would stay a little bit stunned. Sure, I've seen that happen. So he was trying to test it out, and as he reached his hand down, um, another hook that was in the part of the lure slipped through the skin on the top of his hand. It didn't go, like, all the way through his hand, but it went in one part of the skin and out the other. Oh, no. I I think I was in elementary school, and my cousin was younger than me, so there was really nobody to help the situation i truly thought you were gonna say that he like had his hand bit by the fish no because northerns are one of the few well i don't know few fish but Mm. that do have teeth i should also mention the hook while it was caught in his hand it was also still 
attached to the fish's mouth. Oh, no. So they were connected, joined as one. This fish is flopping around, and it's slowly kind of mm, tearing at his skin. Oof. Oof is correct. I didn't know what to do. My younger cousin sure as hell didn't know what to do. (laughs) And as my dad was struggling with this fish attached to his body... (laughs) We were drifting into, like, about to run into this island because he couldn't operate the boat while he was struggling. That's insane. He couldn't do it while there was a hook in his hand and a fish attached. So crazy. Ugh. So he says, Hannah, jump out of the boat and stop us on this island so we don't crash. Like, be the buffer between (gasps) the island and the boat. And so I said, okay. And I did. How many times did your voice crack? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I did. I jumped out of the boat and thought I was going to be some sort of superhero and, and catch us and, and have the boat not crash and be damaged. And my feet hit the rock. I found myself slipping and falling <laughs> underneath the boat, under the water. And so my cousin... Like, poor kid, young elementary school. He's just looking around like, what the fuck is going on? My dad jumps up with the fish dangling from his arm. And he's trying to help me out of the water because he realizes I've fallen under the boat and am somewhat stuck under the boat. I get up. I'm shaking shaking up. Get back in the boat. Soaking wet. No no cuts. We're good. Um, Wow. How we got out of the situation was... We flagged down some other fishers, and they had a, a pliers to, like, pinch the little barb on the back of the hook, and we got it out of my dad's hand. Thank goodness. Unfortunately, the fish uh, shriveled in the sun, <gasps> uh, but then uh, my dad and I... Uh, Cut it up and sold it for parts. <laughs> <laughs> to the seagulls. Man, allow yourself to crash before you'll allow the boat to crash. That proves that you will put the collective above the individual that is you. I'm there. I'm there. There you are. Full in, although the foibles are guaranteed. They're guaranteed. those darn foibles. They are. They come and foible everything up. It feels foibly. I foible... I freaking foible foibles. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I think it's time for a break. I think it is. Hey, we come to interrupt this podcast to announce a very important opportunity for you. This is your chance to shine. This is your sign. This is your ad space. If you have a creative pursuit, a small business that you want to promote, or anything else that you've got going on that you just need a shout out for, we got you. For no money required. Zero cost. Email us at that took a turn podcast at gmail.com. That's right. Email us at that took a turn podcast at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening to us. We want to give you a shout out as well. You know what? I bet you can't wait to get back to this episode. Let's get back to it. And we're back. Hey. That was truly interesting mm-hmm. to hear your skill set for well, the apocalypse. You. The whole purpose of my my silly apocalypse resume was that if and when the apocalypse does come, no matter what format that's in, I know that I will not want to be alone. Like sure. I want to find human connection and alliance and community in that way, and I think that's uniquely human too. Be human, connect with people, and in that same spirit, I think that just speaks to the purpose of this podcast for you and I, as yeah. in Hannah and I. Yeah. We both have been seeking connection with each other and with other people for a long time. And our desire to create a community that feels welcome and inviting and open to all is so large and so important. As Vilnai says, everyone you will ever meet knows something you don't. Exactly. So tell us something we don't know. Join the conversation. Email us at that took a turn podcast at gmail.com and let us know how you think the world's going to end. What is your apocalypse fashion <gasps> is what I want to know. Oh, I love that question. Mine includes 
heavy, dark, messy eyeliner Ooh. and a leather jacket. I had so much fun this week thinking about the apocalypse, which was kind of unexpected because it's an extremely depressing topic. Yeah, that sounds insane. It does. It does. But I have been reading work from Yuval Noah Harari. I read Homo Sapiens and I'm in the middle of Homo Deus Mm -hmm. that is written by him. And he has another one after that that I absolutely am like it's in my Amazon cart. So ready to buy it. He's an amazing thinker and human being in general. I've loved hearing all the things that you've had to share. I mean, I... That makes me feel good that you enjoy when I make you listen to my uh, readings as you're brushing your teeth. I appreciate that you share the knowledge with me because I know that I likely will not read the book, although it sounds really impactful and interesting and enlightening and a, a very cool way of looking at life and the world. There is even a children's version of Homo sapiens what? that he has. Yeah. So when I'm a teacher, definitely getting that for my classroom. That's amazing. Yeah. It sounds much more accessible. For sure. So I focused on how the apocalypse is going to happen. Mm-hmm. What does that actually look like? And given the fact that we've been going through a global pandemic, there's lots of war going on to the point where it's truly a question day in, day out of... Is World War Three on the horizon? Right. And global warming, I mean... It's happening, slowly but surely. Right, exactly. There are so many ways that it feels like the world is ending. And then I'm just like, the sun could explode at any minute. <laughs> and kind of hoping for that, honestly, if it's going to end in some way. The quicker, the better. Exactly. Yep. <sighs> I do think, though, the human race will be eliminated Far sooner than the Earth will be eliminated. Because so many times there have been, what, like eight different stages of, um, I don't know what you call it. uh, Extinction? Yes, yes. So many different forms of life have uh, shown up, become extinct, shown up. You know, it like... Yeah, the cycles are definitely there. Yes, and I think nature is so resilient that, I mean, I mean, there are places that have humans have not been able to inhabit because of nuclear radiation. Yeah, Chernobyl. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet, animals are starting to come back and inhabit the spaces and so are plants. So, like, I believe that humans are going to be wiped out far sooner than the Earth will be. Yeah. The Earth is like, it's not me, it's you. Exactly. Yeah. It is. Mm. I, I couldn't agree more that we will be to our own detriment the reason why we don't survive. Absolutely. I do think there is hope because recently NASA launched another satellite that has had extremely clear images very, very far into the universe and shows so many galaxies and all these things. That's right. Those pictures came out. Yeah. In great detail and depth and shows, you know, the, the universe goes so far beyond our galaxy. Yeah. Which is awesome. And I think... Thank God there's yeah. a little bit of hope in this yeah. crazy apocalyptic world that yeah. we are about to enter. Slash, yep. are already in it, to be honest. Mm, yeah. I don't think it's going to be another pandemic or Vladimir Putin or any global warming thing okay. that kills us all. What do you think it'll be? I think it's going to be technology. <sighs> That's so scary. I know. Yeah, I think it's going to be technology and the competitive spirit of the human race in evolving with that technology. My sources are homo sapiens, Mm -hmm. but that's more of a mental source. It's part of who you are now. It's part of my, yeah, it's part of my belief system, honestly, at this point. Uh, Homo Deus, also by Yuval Noah Harari. Uh, There was a ritual podcast. Any of the ritual podcasts also have influenced the way that I see the world. The Netflix film, Take Your Pills. And eight helpful examples of artificial intelligence... That was an article written by Sarah Reeves. Okay. Bring it the fuck on. Well, I will. And with that, Hannah Donish, mm-hmm. I will take a shot if you can give me three examples off the top of your head, not uh-huh. Googling or anything, uh-huh. of artificial intelligence that are present day examples that you interact with or humans interact with each day. If you can't give me examples, then you have to take a shot. Okay. Deal. To be fair... 
I did have to Google this one. Okay. Okay. Right off the bat, I'm going to guess Siri. Yes, that counts. Okay. And then I'm going to guess the iPhone facial recognition unlocking system. Absolutely. Crap. The third one, I'm stuck. Um, Yeah, stay stuck. Mm. I don't want to take a shot. And I should not have put that as an option. Huh. But I just really... (gasps) I know. Wait, (gasps) no. That also has to do with facial recognition. I already used facial recognition. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say Snapchat filters, but that's also facial recognition. Yeah. And it could be, but it's not something I uh, could verify. Hmm. Okay. We're going to go with... Your home security phone, or phone, home Home security security phone, phone. (laughs) your home security light system where you can lock and unlock, the the smart home situation. So like smart house from Disney Channel, original movie. Obviously, what else would I be referencing? (laughs) That's so true. Uh, That does... Loki count shit. (laughs) (laughs) What is... Okay, but tell me, what did you have to look up? What was it? What are the things that you found? Well, I was thinking of intelligence that is smarter than humans Mm. or can surpass us, but that doesn't necessarily mean it isn't artificial intelligence. So examples Mm. of artificial intelligence are many... All of the ones you said, so Mm. facial recognition, but also 3D printing... (sighs) Any maps or navigation that you might use. Oh. Basically all social media, especially because of the algorithms that they oh, use that's for so true. different ads and, and who you see in your feed and whatnot. Um, autocorrect. Oh. Because it can expect what you're trying to say and it learns based on your vocabulary patterns. So true. Mm-hmm. Spotify. Spotify. So like all the algorithms. Absolutely. Mm. Basically artificial intelligence is just highly sophisticated pattern recognition. That's all it is. Okay. Which sounds like it's not so bad. Right. It sounds... And to be honest, that's kind of the mentality that humans have... That we've taken. Because it has added value to our lives. Right. The patterns that it can recognize. I I just watched Hidden Figures, and it's about... uh, So good. So good. I absolutely loved it. These badass African-American women are math and science geniuses, and uh, one of the plot lines in it is they helped develop the first Watson, the first IBM computer, Mm. which can compute way faster than humans. So they used to have physical human computers, which would just run numbers all day. And then computers became a thing. Which, like, unfortunately put those people out of work, but also, like, incredible, incredible thing to to figure out because a human had to design that computer. Right. Yeah. Right. So, once upon a time, two Oxford University researchers, Carl Benedict, Benedict, I think, but it's with a K. <laughs> okay. And, oh, Carl Benedict Frey. My bad. <laughs> and Michael A. Osborne. They developed an algorithm in 2013. So, basically, what they were trying to figure out was, by 2033, mm-hmm. how many jobs will be automated and will be able mm. to be done by algorithms, essentially making the human labor force in that particular area uh, obsolete. Yeah. And to be honest, it's pretty depressing. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, 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 but the optimistic, like, creative brain in me is is thinking, like, okay, that's kind of great because then humans can do other things that feed the soul instead of just you know working 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 however mangoes that was was (laughs) rearranging my mangoes (laughs) but i feel like if humans didn't have to live under the system of capitalism where we have to pay bills and make an income and yada yada that that would be great for us to explore things that feed our soul more like something creative when it comes to organic quality and artistic expression i i think that there's a there's a human element that cannot be replicated by a machine i'm glad you bring this up because that's something that yuval noah harari talks about in homo deus Mm. um for example i don't have the reference point Mm -hmm. right in front of me 
but at some prestigious college, a music professor was curious about that because okay. that was a big argument of, well, computers can't know us better than ourselves. There is an intrinsic human element to things that a computer can never do. Yeah. And so this art professor, not art professor, music professor, mm-hmm. music enthusiast who also happened to work at a college and things, he... sorry about that I just we made eye contact for an extended period of time and it it had to happen I'm intently listening for sure it was yes for sure anyway he was curious about the same thing and developed an algorithm that was meant to compose uh, music similar to the quality of uh, I believe it was Beethoven or some famous composer and to see if using the same techniques would people know the difference? So basically this music algorithm, he did a test and it's been very widely spread now of, mm-hmm. can you tell the difference between what is actual Beethoven, mm-hmm. what a human created that was inspired by Beethoven and what a computer created that is meant to replicate that. And then the creative parts that the computer is meant to replicate. Wow. People do not know the difference. Wow. Do not know the difference. And the patterns that an algorithm can recognize are essentially the same as the ones that we can recognize. So creativity is really all just a human human algorithm. I hate that. I know. I know. It's relatively depressing that yeah. a computer can be more creative than the human brain can be. Yeah. Because those artificial intelligence sources that take into account patterns and which sounds and combinations of sounds connect most with the neurological and chemical makeup of Mm. the human brain and physiology. Yeah. Algorithms will beat us every time because they can take in all the information Mm. and still process it where you can take in, you know, the looks on the face of the audience, but you don't know exactly what they're feeling. What's their heart rate telling you? Mm. What do they feel internally that physiological mm. measurements such as like a smartwatch might right. be able to measure? Right. Although that is interesting to think that AI could potentially be more intelligent than us in that respect. Not yet. Not yet. But like could be. Could Yeah, exactly. But... Who created the AI? Humans. Right. So, like, that that's an interesting concept that, like, without the humans creating AI, AI would not be able to outsmart humans. That's... Paradox. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. What a paradox. Yeah. Yeah. With all of that, back to these researchers, Carl Benedict Frey and Michael A. Osborne, the algorithm that they created to determine which jobs would be at high risk by 2033, which, keep in mind, is within the next 10-ish years from the day that we are recording this, there's a 99% probability that human telemarketers and insurance underwriters will be replaced by algorithms, 98% chance of that happening for sports referees, 97% chance for cashiers, 96% for chefs, 94% for waiters and paralegals, 88% for construction workers, and so on and so forth. And truly, there are very few jobs Mm. that will be around. One of the few would be archaeologists because they work with highly sophisticated patterns and they don't have a high uh, profit margin. So there's no reason to really invest in automating that process because you're not going to make any money from it. And right now, our world is based off of who can make the most money, who can Mm -hmm. have the most resources, who has the greatest GDP. And that's where it's that capitalism, baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wild. Basically, even doctors will be replaced very soon. And you may wonder, well, what about the human interaction and experience that one has Mm -hmm. when, you know, the bedside manner? The bedside manner. Do you really yeah. want a machine telling you that you have cancer? Right. Machines can do that better than us as well. Wow. Because they can anticipate exactly what your emotions are in the moment and what you need to hear in order to best match those emotions. Hmm. I wonder if, I mean, if it, if it, if AI can really take care of us in a nurturing way like that, would it be so bad? That has been the mentality of, I think, most people. 
ever since technology has been around. And that doesn't feel wrong because if they can do it better, why wouldn't we want a better quality of life? Right. So I agree. However, mm-hmm. there's the flip side. Once artificial intelligence takes hold, humans will have to continue to readapt and learn new skill sets because yeah. once you learn something, chances are within a matter of years, if not sooner, artificial intelligence will be able to do it better than you mm. and will be able to learn it faster than you because it's able to reference every single memory and data point that it ever has, where we are not able to reference those with such clarity and accuracy. Right. There's a judgment and a bias. And it's more it. like more subconscious. Correct. More reptilian. It's more reptilian. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the good news, many smart people that were quoted in Homo Deus don't actually think that we'll get to the point where we'll no longer have a use for human labor because, well, the bad news, (laughs) uh, they kind of believe that artificial intelligence, once it surpasses human intelligence, we may become exterminated before we even know what hit us. Whoa. Yeah. So don't bother looking for a job. You're going to be dead soon anyway. <laughs> is cool. That's the basis of what I'm saying. Thank God. If you were looking for an inspirational podcast, you should look further. <laughs> here is not where you should stop. Oh my goodness. But do not fret. Clearly that's exa- insane. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a Hollywood sci-fi film. It's not. Because if a computer can learn at a faster rate than we can, artificial intelligence may view human existence as an obstacle and remove us in pursuit of its own pre-programmed goal. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I just had a moment of like, the colonizer becomes the colonized. Man, how accurate you are, you don't even know. Really? Yeah. Let's go through an example just to make this less sci-fi film. And this is a quote from Homo Deus. Mm Mm-hmm. Imagine a corporation that is working to develop the first AI software that is smarter than humans. Perhaps they take that software for a test ride and program it to calculate pi. Before we realize what's happening, the AI takes over the planet, eliminates the human race, launches a campaign of conquest to the ends of the galaxy, and transforms the entire known universe into a giant supercomputer that for billions upon billions of years calculates pi ever more accurately. After all, This is the divine mission its creator gave it. Whoa. Very, very quickly, once a computer is able to do more than we can, it's going to be hard to stop that process. Even if people aren't even trying to create artificial intelligence for negative reasons, even if it's meant to improve human existence. It can get out of control. It can get out of control, is the theory. It has not yet happened, and no one is saying that a computer is going to exterminate us just yet. But I still think that seems a little far-fetched because why can't you just go off the grid, live in the woods forever, try to learn a compass better? Aren't you just lost in the woods as a lifestyle now? Right. So, right. you know, if the FBI or KGB can't find you, how could a computer? Hmm. There are so many different data points that we freely offer to algorithms on a daily basis. Yeah. Because they do help us improve the quality of our life. Yeah. Your smartwatch knows every single thing that has happened to you in the last, not just 24 or 48 hours, but however long you've been wearing it. So if you've been wearing it for five years, it knows your body probably better than you do at that point. Hmm. I wonder, that makes me think, so I, I don't have an Apple Watch, I don't have a Fitbit or any of those things, and what I've thought in the past is, when people are like, oh, I got my steps in, that whole thing, I I always think, like, well, regardless if I wear a watch or not, my body knows if I got the steps in or not. Like, I just don't know. My, my conscious brain just doesn't know. The body keeps the score regardless. Yeah. But, it, but it's whether, like, you have that different capacity to understand the information consciously. Yeah, That's, it's whether or not you believe enough in your own inner voice. The same can be said for things like genetic testing. Angelina Jolie, for example, she got a double mastectomy because Mm -hmm. a genetic test told her that she was at an 87% risk of developing breast cancer. Mm. 
And even though she didn't feel any pain, she didn't right. have any inkling, there was no intuition, a genetic test that was able to interpret the data mm-hmm. said, hey, you're pretty likely to develop breast cancer. And that was enough to help her make a very important decision. Yeah. And thus also influence many other people because she decided to be public about that decision and share the impact of that algorithm yeah. and really without knowing it, encouraged more mammograms and more testing and more mm-hmm. more reliance on those algorithms, which I, I wouldn't even say is necessarily a bad thing. Right, right. So it's difficult. It is tricky. And even though we have our internal mechanisms, our world today is so cluttered with things trying to grab our attention mm-hmm whether that be for marketing purposes or for political purposes Mm -hmm. or for spiritual purposes, the world is chaotic. Mm -hmm. And our greatest asset is our ability to focus, find clarity, discern, and to choose Mm -hmm. and believe in the choice that we're making. Kind of just like what you said earlier, and and you you were alluding to this before, Uh, word for word quote from Homo Deus, In the heyday of European imperialism, conquistadors and merchants bought entire islands and countries in exchange for colored beads. In the 21st century, our personal data is probably the most valuable resource most humans still have to offer, and we are giving it away to tech giants in exchange for email services and funny cat videos. Mm. Please send us your funny cat videos at (laughs) thattookaturnpodcast at gmail.com. If we are exchanging (laughs) our lives for them... They must be worth it. They must be. That's insane. That honestly, hearing all that makes me just want to kind of retreat into myself, connect with myself as a human being more, as like an organic piece of the earth. I'm sure that sounds like very hippy dippy, but no, but, I, I think that's your intuition speaking and you're mm-hmm. questioning it because listening to yourself is no longer enough. Yeah. Now, more people are being diagnosed with ADHD and ADD than ever before. Mm -hmm. The expectations and requirements of humans are always increasing and the stress levels are through the roof. Mm -hmm. Prescription Adderall is at an all-time high because the expectation is that people are above average. And in order to compete in the world we now have, being average is not enough. You have to operate like a machine. Exactly. It is an ultra-competitive environment. It would be great if we could turn into our humanity Mm -hmm. and slow down. But because of the value that we've placed on growth and material production... Bigger is better. Bigger is better. We have created this environment where, to survive, you must compete. Mm. The transition from Homo sapien to Homo deus, like human god, Mm. meaning one with technology, able to compete with that artificial intelligence we're creating, is not that far away. Mm. We have more billionaires today than we have ever had. The wealth gap is comparable to colonial times. Mm. It's intense. And when you think about the Elon Musks of the world who Mm -hmm. are creating spacecrafts to go to different planets, and you think of the Kylie Jenners of the world who can afford a private jet to fly across Los Angeles. Yeah. These are the people that are going to survive. The middle class is no longer yeah. essential. Unfortunately, it might be a slower process than people think because the difference between what we now consider humans and what the next evolution of humans are is not a fine line. Mm. That is my prediction for the apocalypse. So, with that super depressing (laughs) prediction, I kind of just want to eat an entire tub of ice cream and watch Disney Channel original movie. Of course. I'm always with you. (sighs) Thank you. Me too. But there is hope. Mm -hmm. Because human enhancement isn't going away. Right. It's a tool. It's a tool. Exactly. And there are so many different forms of enhancement these days. However, studies have been done on Adderall that are looking at whether or not Adderall actually changes your cognitive ability. Mm -hmm. And what they have found is 
the only difference between the way that students who are taking the placebo versus Adderall answer the question, do you feel you are more able to complete cognitive tasks? Mm. The difference is the confidence it gives us in our ability. Okay. And in our ability to persevere and keep going because we believe enough in ourselves that we can get through it. Interesting. And that's very meaningful, but in a different way. Exactly. Yeah. Because when you are able to look at it that way, where the enhancers are not truly enhancing you, they're just giving you the confidence to be the person that you were from the beginning. Uh That's a game changer. Right. I think that is a very hopeful thing because really what that says to me is it's all about your mindset. Mm -hmm. Because the only difference between AI and even other living things and humans is consciousness. Yeah, that's so true. Knowledge is powerful, but now we are in a world that is saturated with knowledge. Yeah. You can learn anything, anywhere, and the chances of it being accurate, you're going to have to fact check. So it's no longer knowledge is power. The ability to discern that knowledge and focus your efforts is the power. Hmm. Whether it's meditation or being a billionaire or taking a pill that makes you feel more confident in your own choices, it's your mindset that's the most powerful of all. Hmm. And it's your mindset that will make the difference between evolutionary survival and extinction. Yeah. If we focus on the one part that is uniquely human, mm-hmm. that's all that really matters. Yeah. And that is the most leveling and equal playing field I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. So in case you're wondering how to survive the apocalypse, I suggest meditation. Close your eyes, pretend it's not happening, and <laughs> focus on your inner inner being. Breathe. Honestly, the minds were wrong when they predicted the apocalypse in 2012. True. Hannah, you and I are probably wrong now. Yep. So that's probably a guarantee. With that, we'll talk to you soon. See you next time on That Took a Turn, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to That Took a Turn, the podcast. Written, produced, and everything by us, Jay Geary and Hannah Dodge. It's pretty good. If you're digging the pod, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Glad to Turn wherever you're listening. I mean, if you made it to this one, I know. Either way, you can also check us out on Instagram and on TikTok at that to Turn Podcast. Special thanks to Garrett Burns and special thanks to our, our theme song is by Music Unlimited.